Hello and welcome to Half Time Scholars, the monthly podcast series that features the interesting work of independent and emerging researchers. On this episode, we explore the emergence of virtual influencers who have revolutionized the marketing industry and gained prominence in social media in the recent past. However, their adoption by tourism businesses and destination marketing organizations is a relatively new phenomenon. Our guest today is Lee Carson, a PhD candidate at the University of Queensland Business School, who shares her research on how Instagram users engages with virtual influencers in tourism marketing settings. Lee, welcome to Halftime Scholars. Thank you, Suren, for having me on the podcast. Thanks again. So can you describe your research experience before your PhD work? Yes, actually, before my PhD, I've worked in the industry for close to eight years, primarily in the tourism and hospitality industry. And my last full-time role in the industry was a VIP sales and marketing manager at the Star Casino. So having the industry experience, I feel it really helped me to advance my interpersonal skills, my communications and ability to work well in a team. So I found those skills very relevant and beneficial during my PhD candidature. So that's really good. Very interesting way to start your work. If you can maybe describe us a little bit more than to focus on about your research topic itself. How did that work experience lead to your current PhD topic and the journey itself? Before my PhD, I didn't really have a plan to do a PhD straight after my master's degree. That's why I was going to the industry, trying to see what I like and what I don't like. At the same time, I was doing my master's thesis of trying to publish that with my supervisor as a plan B. But after working in the industry, I realized something that I really like about research is going into doing something more valuable. So to create knowledge, to explore something that's make me really curious. So I actually, the industry experience doesn't really contribute to my research that much, but doing the, having the industry experience helped me to realize how much I like to do research in the first place. And that, that's why I would give it to, you know, applying for a scholarship and start my PhD journey. So that's really interesting. Your master's helped you publish and take your journey towards the research area. So maybe if we dive in a little bit more deep into your PhD topic, maybe the specific questions you were asking, and maybe you can talk us a little bit about the actual method you are adopting to do your research. Yes, absolutely. So broadly speaking, my research is about the use of virtual influencer marketing in tourism. Virtual influencers, they are computer-generated characters who possess influential power on social media. And we can briefly categorize them based on how human-like they are. For example, we have human-like virtual influencers, such as Little Michaela and Ima. We have somewhat human-like virtual influencers, such as Nunuri. So she's like a 3D doll animated looking uh, character. And we have less human-like virtual influencers, such as Googiemon. So he looks like a bunny rabbit. So compared to humans, those virtual influencers, they have their own advantages. For example, they have more flexibility when it comes to prices like COVID-19. They're not restricted by quarantines or lockdowns. They can also work nonstop and also in multiple locations at once and offer greater autonomy to brands that they are collaborating with because they don't have an offline life. 
So we see that a lot of uh, industries, they have adopted virtual influences, for example, in fashion industry, automobiles, for brand marketing and consumer engagement. And we see recently the use of virtual influences have emerged in the tourism and hospitality industry. What's interesting about virtual influences is their high user engagement rate compared to their human counterparts. So my research investigates the key source and content factors that drive Instagram users' engagement with virtual influences in tourism. So source factors are factors related to those virtual influences, such as their appearance, their reputation, and content factors are related to the post itself, including the image, the caption, and the comments. The methodology that I adopted, I used a mixed method approach. So I first used nanography, which explore those non-human influences on social media and see how users engage with them online. And then I used focus groups via Zoom, trying to interview Instagram users who resided in Australia and see their perspectives of virtual influences. And then I also conducted a discrete choice experiment, testing what are the key attributes and levels that drive their engagement. That's really interesting. You, you mentioned tourism, virtual assistants or virtual influencers rather. If you can maybe unpack that a little bit more, you spoke about the content and the appearance side of things on Instagram. What specific content are these virtual influencers engaging with various customers? What are the types of content they're dealing with? Is it like destination type content or hotel type content or just advisories? So if you can maybe talk us a little bit on the engagement itself and of the content. So we see that the use of virtual influences in the tourism and hospitality industry has actually, including all of the things that you have mentioned. So they've been, for example, a brand ambassador. So in 2020, we have this virtual influencer called Esther Olofsson, and she became the brand ambassador for Postilian Hotels. She is taking all those potential guests or travelers to see the beauty of the hotel, of the city. She's going to different shops, trying different restaurants and cafes. That's, I guess, a more tour uh, destination-based promotion. We also have influences, virtual influences, such as Nunari, who is promoting a particular destination like China, Beijing. She went to the Great War and trying to entice more tourists to come and visit. Yeah, so it seems there are, I guess, a variety of applications for these virtual influencers. Maybe if you can also talk a little bit more about how this impact and other trends you are seeing from the research, maybe the literature that you're reading and also any other research that you are doing for your work, but also you're seeing in the marketplace that has emerged. The specific question is, what are some of the trends you are seeing? Uh, Do you feel that this variety of virtual influencer applications for various purposes for promoting tourism, are they drawing more tourists, in your opinion, or is it more another channel to market that destination? What is your take on that? That is a very good question. In my opinion, I can't say that definitely have that influence to drive people that to take actual trips to a certain destination or to go to a certain hotel. But what we can see right now is that their user engagement on social media is much higher compared to human influences. So we know that they are more, they are better at engaging with potential consumers 
And because now we're talking about, for example, metaverse, right? We're talking about extended reality, et cetera, or AI, we gotta be immersed more in those technology, which means that digital marketing in this field will be more relevant in the future. So it's definitely, uh, in my perspective, it's a, a future-orientated digital marketing strategy that we can at least try and see if it works. And uh, what I found from my research, at least, is that they are a feasible alternative to human influences if used appropriately when it comes to tourism marketing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And you mentioned that future orientation of the technology that is being used. And I have another question that popped into my mind is with probably two parts. One is, are you finding that certain destinations are using uh, have adopted virtual influences more than others? And the other part to that question is related to COVID. Are you finding a lot of countries are now opening up since the pandemic? It's not over, but it's now we are learning to live with it. Are you finding that also has had an influence in how these technologies are being used? Yeah, thank you for your question. I feel what's interesting from uh, my research is that a lot of the early adapters, a lot of the content creators of those virtual influences is from America, right? And we have a few from now Japan, like Imagram, and then Korea as well, Rosie, etc. There's definitely more play, I mean, more countries starting to adopt those uh, digital characters, right? Virtual influences. I don't see this, uh, this particular pattern whether some countries adopt more of virtual influences or not. I think it's a trend that a lot more countries they start to see the benefits of using virtual influences for that purpose. And in terms of the COVID-19s, it had a huge impact on the emergence of virtual influences. I think according to CBC News, the pandemic has created a virtual influencer boom. Because people cannot travel so that they spend more time on social media. And one way for them to stay engaged and stay relevant is to look at, for example, influences. And those influences, particularly digital ones, they're able to travel to different locations uh, without the limitations. So that enticed them to see the beauty of the world while they're still at home, cannot travel anywhere. Yeah, that's really, really fascinating. I think a lot of questions are coming to my mind, but I'll probably ask you this one as well, which I think is quite relevant. It's around when we have these, you mentioned certain destinations have adopted virtual influences and developed these characters. Now, in a traditional sense, when we market a destination, like for example, you can think of Malaysia, you have a tagline of a truly Asia, or in New Zealand, it's 100% pure. You have this kind of destination marketing ideas. Now, do you find, in your opinion, or maybe you can give us your take on this, virtual influencers as well, have they gone into the strategic thinking of the greater destination marketing equation? What is your take on that? Yeah, that's a very good question, because what I see right now, a lot of those virtual influencers, they are actually created as a persona. So they are not built particularly for organization. They actually is a character that collaborate with different brands, with different destinations. They can promote different products on the side. It's not that they're particularly tailored for a particular destination. But what we can see now is we have another type of uh, virtual influences that's emerging. 
For example, in Tourism Australia, right, this year they launched a marketing campaign that's using digital computer-generated characters called Ruby the Roo. So that was particularly designed for that campaign to attract more international visitors to Australia. It depends. I think in the future, we'll see a mix of virtual influences that was built for different purposes. Some created as a idol. I guess they can collaborate just like a human being. They can work with different brands, but then there's particular ones that designed for a purpose. For example, we have one in Brazil that was designed particularly for e-commerce platform. I think her name is called Luisa. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think the examples you cited, it seems to me that these virtual influences will populate the landscape and emerge based on trends and, and I guess different needs as well. So that's really interesting. I guess if we move on, Lee, if you can give us a little bit of a background of where, which stage exactly you are in your PhD, and maybe if you have some preliminary findings that you can share as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm currently towards the end of my PhD. So I'm about to submit my thesis, hopefully soon. My findings, uh, first one I mentioned, also touched on previously, is that we found most social media users, they were receptive towards virtual influencer marketing, provided that their ethical concerns were addressed. Some of the ethical concerns they talked about, for example, some virtual influencers, they look really realistic. So without them acknowledging that they're not real, people cannot tell whether they are real or not. But we see now more and more virtual influences, they start to acknowledging that they're not, they're not real, for example, by listing that in the bio or using hashtags, like I think I am CGI. So CGI is computer-generated imagery. So trying to make or disclose their identity in a more commodic way. And uh, we also see people were concerned about who's behind the scenes, what is their motives. And some of them were things saying that because virtual influencers, they uh, have the perfect appearance that make them feel bad about themselves. They compare themselves to those perfect looking non-humans. But I'm sure there will be more imperfect looking virtual influencers emerging in the near future, just like Barbie on social media. We have Barbies that was created with some sort of skin conditions like the VT LIGO so that they can relate more to a particular group of consumers. And uh, also we found that users engage with virtual influencers as if they were engaging with real human beings. So if they use properly, then we can use them as a feasible alternatives to human influencers. Through the experiment, we found that users actually prefer more human-like virtual influences as opposed to less human-like ones. And for the purpose of tourism marketing, users prefer to see posts that show in the tourism setting a presence of an influencer, whether that be a human influencer or not, does not matter. Users prefer to view rational discourse in the caption, so highlighting the facts and knowledge of the tourism setting over emotional discourse, addressing the influencers' feelings in the caption. Yeah, so these are very interesting findings. And I think as you continue to do your research, this will evolve as well. I think one of the important things you mentioned was that the virtual or the research, uh, the participants prefer the human influence rather than the virtual. That's pretty interesting. And I guess that's a, an important across many different sectors. I guess you mentioned also that you are almost about to submit. I'm sure even though you're at this juncture, which is a really it's a nervous and joyful juncture as well. 
what are some of the challenges that you have faced in your journey so far and maybe if you can also mention if there's something about yourself that you discovered along the way that's a really good question to be honest my first challenge in my phd journey is that covid happened and my i started my journey right at the beginning of 2020 and my initial research topic is not about virtual influences is actually about the use of social media influences in combating over tourism but covid happened we don't have the issue of over tourism at least for a while so i had to pivot uh, to a, deep, a related topic just for the purpose of data collection and everything else at that stage i was quite lost i was a bit worried that i wouldn't find a perspective that interests me as much i read a lot about journal articles and other academic literatures So I decided to look more broadly outside of academic sources. So I looked into news, forecast, social media, etc. I was fortunate that one morning I came across a podcast talking about the term virtual influences and that got me really excited and interested. So I did a lot of research on my computer and looked more into them online, even talked to my friends and family about them because I was that interested. Then I pitched my idea to my supervisors. They were really supportive and interested in that topic as well. Then the rest is history. So I guess my takeaway is to look at things from a different perspective. Because to a lot of people, COVID nineteen poses a lot of challenges. But if we look at it differently, maybe there's an opportunity hidden somewhere. For me, it is a new research proposal. But for others, it may be spending their business online or working from home, etc. challenges brings about opportunities we just have to see it and go for it yeah that's really interesting and i'm happy that you got the opportunity to turn that to pivot like a lot of this phd generation had to do as well that's very interesting and now you're almost at the tail end of your research if we move on lead to the latter half of our discussion today you're dealing with technology tourism which is a one of the biggest economic drivers and sectors in the world depending on wherever whichever destination one looks at and also the technology piece as well where do you feel that your work fits in practical sense and where would you like to pivot to going forward for me a lot of things i want to do especially at this stage of my phd i when i looking back i feel like oh i could have done things differently i could have done this i could have done that so i have a lot of ideas that come into my mind in the future i really want to see what else can i do i mean expanding my phd research topic to see more for example looking into the actual behavior of the tourists after they engaging with those virtual influences online whether or not that drive them to go to those destinations or purchase a tourism products or services because of those virtual influences tourism practitioners my research helps them to understand the virtual influencer phenomena on social media and consider them as a feasible tourism ambassadors and uh, of course i mentioned before that there's some particular strategies that we can use when it comes to using virtual influencers to promote tourism on social media There's also some findings in terms of a uh, user's social demographic profiles and how that impact people's uh, engagement with virtual influences. But I won't talk too much about that today, but if anyone is interested, please follow my LinkedIn account and I will post information about my research over there. 
Yeah, that's really fascinating. And I guess there's lots of avenues for people to follow you and also for yourself to take part in the future as well. And I guess my last question for today, in your busy schedule, doing research and working as a lecturer, what are some of the things that you do in your spare time? Yeah, so for me, conducting PhD research consumes a lot of mental energy. So it requires us to sitting down, in a, you know, sitting in the office for a very long period of time. So in my spare time, I try to do things that doesn't involve in sitting a long time. So I've been getting into roller skating the past six months. I really like to watch the sunset. I was skating in an outdoor car park. And it's just really fun. I really like the feeling of that. And also I like to do gardening. I like to grow all sorts of uh, different vegetables. And the idea of eating what I grow is just so satisfying for me. They do taste much better compared to the ones that I purchased from the supermarket, which is a plus. And I also like to play Nintendo Switch for exercise because I find the normal way of exercising a little bit boring for me. So I've been recently playing ring fitness for a while, and that really motivates me to stay active. So I think I'll keep doing that. But for anyone who is interested, you guys should try it as well. Yeah, so those are some really diverse and really interesting, I guess, ways to spend your time and take away time from your research and PhD works. Lee, I'd like to wish you all the very best in your continuing journey. And thank you for joining us on this episode and sharing your insights. Uh, and I'd like to, again, wish you all the very best. Thank you again. Thank you, Suren. Thank you for having me. That's all for this episode of Halftime Scholars. Let us know what you think of the show and leave us a rating on Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll see you next month on our next episode.